Today on Secchio, happening now, Hunter Biden's impeachment testimony on Capitol Hill. Keeping you informed and engaged, now more than ever, this is Seculo. We want to hear from you. Share and post your comments or call 1-800-684-3110. And now your host, Jordan Seculo. All right, welcome to Seculo. So as we are talking to you, Hunter Biden is talking to uh, congressional committees behind closed doors. There's two unique parts of this uh, deposition that's taking place today, and this is in light of the opening of an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. So the questioning really goes to not just trying to uh, take down Hunter Biden, who's got two active criminal cases, and if he's asked about those, he's going to take the fifth, uh, but more about Joe Biden, because the House will then have to decide, after all these hearings and depositions, do they believe they've got enough information to put forward articles of impeachment uh, and vote on those, just takes a majority vote, uh, and then deliver them uh, to the Senate for a trial. So this is probably one of the, or the most important person they will be interviewing, and we won't see the video. There is no video. There will not be video, but what we will get is a transcript, uh, maybe as soon as this evening, but they said at least within 24 hours, they, they, they're both sides, Democrats and Republicans have said they're only going to redact uh, class, like anything classified or anything that would you know, name a undisclosed witness for protection, things like that. So uh, they don't expect to have any uh, issues. Both sides have come to a full agreement on what they have to remove from it and what everyone will see. So I think we will then get a transcript that will tell us everything about the direction of this impeachment inquiry, because they're either going to get some bombshells or it's going to be a lot of pushing back and a lot of maybe innuendo and smoke screens, but maybe not enough to, to actually put forward articles of impeachment. We just don't know yet. And they're also, this comes off of the fact that they've had the big witness supposed to be the FBI witness right. with the 1023 ends up being a total bust right. to where they've actually, that guy's been arrested now twice. Yes. Uh, Hunter Biden is represented by a very good friend of ours, uh, Abby Lowell, who you worked with and I worked with. He represented Jared and Ivanka Trump during the Mueller investigation. I would say Abby's in the top three criminal defense lawyers in the country, and I'd probably put him as number one. He's brilliant. Um, he's going to be aggressive. He is the reason that there is no video of this deposition. Right. So, look, they'll get information that um, might be probative and helpful. If it touches on what issues he's been charged criminally with, any lawyer would instruct his client to assert his Fifth Amendment privilege. Yeah, and this is really what we expect is, it's going to be interesting. Usually in these depositions, just to give you kind of some inside information, maybe a couple of congressmen, chairs participate. Uh, We are hearing that almost all members of Congress on these committees are preparing to take part. I don't know that they will all necessarily ask questions. Uh, some member, one member of Congress was on TV before me on Newsmax this morning and said, you know, he's he's a pretty new member, so on the committee. So by the time it gets to him, there might not be anything left to ask, but he'll be there in the room. So this is going to be different than just usually it's the uh, the counsels to the committee who do the bulk and and their staff who do the bulk of the questioning in these behind closed doors hearings, and then if they decide to decide to do a public hearing, that's when the congressman asks the questions. Here, we're going to get a mix. So you're going to see the chief counsels for each of these committees uh, likely ask questions, but but you're also going to see uh, in the transcript people like Jim Jordan and Comer, 
names that you know asking questions. And and you have to understand what the questions are going to focus on, because what you said, Jordan, is right. This is a question about the impeachment of the president. So it's going to be issues related to that. If it's taxes or the gun charge, not going to happen. My question for you, 1-800-684-3110. Do you think that this deposition will will give them enough information to bring forward articles of impeachment? Just I want to get your thoughts on it after you just heard what everything we said about how it's structured. 1-800-684-3110. That's 1-800-684-3110. We'll take a lot of your phone calls. We're going to update you on what happened in Georgia as well. We're going to take you inside what a deposition looks like. Yes, and of course, the Supreme Court has not yet issued its opinions on the 14th Amendment or on the immunity stay by President Trump. We will give you some analysis of what we expect there as well. We get back on Seculo. Share it with your friends and family. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three decade long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. Welcome back uh, to Secular. We are taking your phone calls, 1-800-684-3110. So let's go right into what it is like inside right now, the committee room yep. where Hunter Biden is providing this uh, deposition, being questioned. He'll be questioned by both Republicans and Democrats. It looks like, it, unusually, he'll be questioned mostly by members of Congress. Usually they don't do as much questioning at this stage. They do more if you do a public hearing, but they are they have all said they're going to be in the room. And so it's going to be a much bigger room than you would usually imagine. So a much larger room than you'd usually see if it was video, but this won't be videoed. The difference is instead of no video, we're going to get as an immediate transcript as possible. Could be tonight because this could go eight hours with breaks. So it could be late in the evening. Could be tonight, could be tomorrow. But they said their, their goal is no less, no more than 24 hours. That's an agreement between Republicans and Democrats. 
and the Biden legal team. So, Dad, it's a it's a different kind of yes. questioning than you'd usually see for a congressional witness who would probably just be talking to a legal staff of the committee. So there are a couple differences. What you're used to seeing in the external, when you see, the video. When you see it on you know, a live hearing or a big hearing or a big hearing is you have five minute statements by the members and then some questioning. This is much more structured. I want to take you inside the the, he, the committee room. This is structured much more like a deposition in a criminal case or a civil case where you're actually asked questions that are then answered. So it's not a lot of grandstanding. Now, the lawyers will interject. Hunter Biden lawyers will interject. Abby Lowell will interject if he thinks something's inappropriate, if he thinks it's subject to Fifth Amendment privilege, if he thinks it's outside the scope of the congressional standard is legitimate inquiry. Um, that's when you can look at this. So it's a much more, um, I would say, it's less TV and more substantive. Right. That's what the idea is. Can you get evidence from him? relevant to this issue here's the question there's going to be no video so we're going to have the transcript but there is this i think jordan hanging over this there's this pale of concern that after the last big witness blew up totally blew up right you got to be very careful how you proceed on and, all and this and what we're talking about that last big witness that was the fbi the 1023 form i'm taking you back to remember grassley they found they said they they know about a form and they were very careful. They said, this is just, again, an informant that that uh, put this information forward, so it hadn't been verified, but who had talked about this $10 million bribe, basically, uh, to the Bidens, $5 million to Hunter, $5 million to Joe Biden, and then uh, through a Burisma deal, if if you know if they did this for Burisma, that for Burisma, which would be the kind of thing you'd get impeached over because it'd be like bribery. And that person now, who has been a paid informant by the FBI before- for years was arrested for uh, uh, just making that up and uh, is a both uh, Russian and Israeli uh, citizen, but has been a you know, paid FBI informant and has been arrested t- twice now. Once was let out on their own accord and then at their attorney's office in Vegas got arrested again uh, because uh, they feel like it, there's a risk here uh, to something happening to this person who was this asset, but that has been found to be untrue and uh, they have brought the charges forward is that that is because that person had no contact with Burisma at all, that they've been able to uh, document that. They'll have to take that to court and actually prove it, uh, but that certainly hurts because that would have been something that would have definitely been asked about, but for that person's now uh, entire 1023 being in doubt. He hasn't been found guilty yet, but uh, it's been taking, it's been taken seriously enough by the U.S. government that he needs to remain behind bars because he is a asset that was filing uh, uh, inappropriate or or factual statements, and you don't want that about filed about you either um, w- because of some animus towards uh, Joe Biden. And they went to the fact that that he had no contact with Barisma, so he knew nothing more about Barisma totally than you or me. All right. So this is a different situation because you've got Hunter Biden coming in as a fact witness. So understand what that means. He, they are questioning him because they have specific questions they want answered about transactions that may implicate the president. If they get into issues that implicate Hunter Biden as to his tax situation, which is subject to an indictment and he's pled not guilty to, or the gun charge, the lawyer, Abby Lowell, and his colleagues will assert the privilege. The Fifth Amendment privilege means you do not have to testify and you cannot draw an inference from that 
invocation of the Fifth Amendment that you're guilty. Innocent people, Supreme Court case, take the Fifth, especially when they think it's an overzealous prosecutor. By the way, a lot of witnesses that we were dealing with in the Russia probe took the Fifth Amendment too, not because they thought they were guilty, but because they did not trust the prosecution. So this is not a prosecutor, but all of this is part of the impeachment process. So I think we've got to be go into it understanding kind of the scope and nature of what's really at play here. Yeah, I think so too. And I want to go to your phones, 1-800-684-3110. Let's go to Todd in Georgia on line three, because I think this will be an important one. We got the sound for it, Todd. Uh, Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Yes. uh, My question is, do you think the uh, video of Biden bragging to the council on foreign relations about getting the prosecutor fired and the um, video of Hunter Biden, his interview on ABC, I think, where he admitted he had no qualifications to be on that board. Do you think that'll be part of this uh, inquiry? You know, I think they will certainly ask about it. Let's play the flashback. This goes back to 2018. And then I'll explain to you how it could be relevant and how it could be irrelevant based off uh, what other information they find out. But let's listen to uh, now President Biden. This is when he was vice president uh, again. Uh, tw- pres- president, when he talked about this, vice president, when it happened, by 31. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. I said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Here's the problem. He admits to using the leverage of the presidency or vice presidency, but the office of the president as well, to remove the prosecutor that was investigating the company that his son sat on the board of. I mean, that's what people need to be thinking about here. Now, does it, that raise to a high crime and misdemeanor? The problem is the Democrats lowered the bar on impeachment so low that anything becomes a high crime and misdemeanor. So I, I, you got to tie it to, you have to tie that billion dollars and the firing to something that financially benefited Joe Biden. Correct. Not or benefited his family. And yeah. that that's what the investigators have to find. And, and and they have not found that yet. I mean there was question about some people said he wasn't doing enough on Burisma. Others have said no, he was fired because he was looking at Burisma too much. It hasn't been finalized. There has not been a final determination of fact of whether or not he was fired uh, and there was a lot of other countries asking him to be fired so they could lean on that. Uh, but can you connect it to uh, Joe Biden benefiting personally or Hunter Biden or the Biden family benefiting financially personally by having that prosecutor fired? That's how you'd have that would have to if you're going to get an article of impeachment out of it. Uh, does it all sound kind of uh? Yeah. It what does. do you think is going to happen? Uh, you know, I think that the 1023 hit was not good. And I, I think I kind of agree with. Um, a, a lot of people out there, which is that they are upset with a lot of the Biden policies. I think that, you know, could you take the what he's done at the border almost and what they did to Mayorkas instead and, and flip that to Biden? You're also getting late in the game here. I mean, this is kind of like the 14th Amendment case not yet out by the Supreme Court. You know, at some point, the voters are really focusing on the next president and they're going to make decisions based off where the economy is in the next yeah. few months and not so much on these issues. 
Now, if there's a full impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate... Which is not likely. Which, which again, House investigators have not... They're not like 100% like they were with Trump, like they're getting to that. Right. If they feel like they're going to look like laughingstocks bringing over these articles of impeachment, they they, won't have the votes. Well, so far, I mean, the the situation with the 1023 was devastating. Yeah. There's got to be something... Can I say this to our audience? And you, you said it. I had been warning about that, Jordan... For how long? Two years? Yeah. That watch it because all the 1023 is is a witness statement and they could say anything. So that ended up being nothing. Now, the next question is let's get to this for I'm only got about a minute and a half left. Um, you had the hearing yesterday with uh, Fawny Willis. I, it'll be very, the closing arguments are Friday. I don't know if she gets thrown off the case or not. I think it's a, I don't know if they scored points yesterday or, or on this even though the judge cleared the privilege issue seems like they could never quite hammer down there may be enough to disqualify we'll see what happens there let me give a supreme court thing i think friday is going to be i don't know this but i think friday is going to be a big day i think we could see the immunity case i th- uh, where the stay is either denied or granted or turned into a cert petition i think we could see the disqualification case tomorrow or friday so i think by friday we're going to have a lot of answers on some of these cases. Yeah, I want to get more of your uh, uh, information, too, about Georgia. If you've got questions about what happened in that hearing yesterday involving uh, Wade's former uh, law partner and uh, him not using privilege, 1-800-684-3110 to get your calls and questions in about the Fannie Willis uh, matter. There's going to be closing arguments in that. And then the judge says he'll issue a decision, I think, next week. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's it's not coming at the, there will be more this week and, and the then judges up for election the next week. Two, yeah. No, two weeks later. Yeah. Two so weeks I later. mean it's it got a lot of politics going on there as well. One eight hundred six eight four thirty one ten to join us on the air and of course you can support our work as an ACLJ champion at aclj.org slash champions. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three decade long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. 
ACLJ.org. Welcome back to Secchio. As we take your calls, 1-800-684-3110. That's 1-800-684-3110. We'll still uh, get into the matter in Georgia. Explained yesterday. I know we've got some calls coming in about that. We'll get into that in just a minute. Kind of uh, how that looks and what that looked like yesterday. Uh, the questioning of the uh, former legal partner of Wade, who was the special counsel brought in on this case and the relationship issues and all of that. Uh, but I did want to get to, um, and we're going to get into even more of this uh, uh, later in uh, the uh, next couple of shows, uh, but in ACLJ, we, we beat back a motion uh, to dismiss. This was the case out of Nevada. Remember, uh, I'll bring in CC Howe. This was uh, th- that teenage student who had, uh, you put these monologues in, basically you, you randomly selected a monologue Hers was filled with both profanity and really overly just so vulgar that at the uh, at the uh, school board meeting, her mother tried to read it out just so that they would understand what they asked her teenage daughter to read. And they they shut her down. It was interesting. They said the mother's claim can't go forward. The daughter's claims can from the classroom. The mother's claims can't go forward, the judge said, because having a restriction at a a school board meeting to not allow profanity and that kind of language was content neutral and appropriate. So I thought that was, he was, by the way, uh, you know, you could argue whether it still should go forward. The case is going to go forward. But it was interesting. But in the classroom, it was very, very different. Absolutely. You You cannot say these profanities at a school board meeting. But a child forced, compelled to say them yeah. in class, well, that's totally fine. Now, this and of judge course, said it isn't. It is not. That's yeah. exactly right. So we actually won. We, we Well, let's talk about what we, let, let's let's set up sure. the what it we is. Are now. Because where we are. So I think it's important to uh, point what out what, what the status is. Yeah. They filed a motion to dismiss. Everything. To try to get the whole case thrown out. This was the second go round. So all they got thrown out was... That the mother being cut off at the school board meeting with a no go. Okay, that's and there were some immunity issues with some of the individuals. Right, but what they did not get thrown out. Now what we get to go to court on and right. fight back on uh, first. Uh, CC is the fir- a first amendment claim. Yeah, so the first amendment claim that the student has survives, and then both her compelled speech claims against both the school board and the teacher survives. Her and- constitutional claim under under Nevada Nevada's law yes that's sur- the survives. Speech. Yeah. And here's the key one. Yes. So her assault and battery claim survives. And that's when the teacher actually grabbed her after verbally assaulting her. She grabbed her and held her. And so that assault and battery claim survived. Now, now let me talk about this for a minute. This is, folks, this is going to be a gigantic fight because we beat back the motion to dismiss, which is great, which means we can now proceed to discovery and then and, and to the jury trial, to a jury trial. But they're going to fight back hard because that assault claim. Let me tell you, of all the claims that that school board wanted dismissed, CC, the one they wanted to dismiss the most, trust me, was that assault and battery claim. Absolutely. When you have a teacher that not only verbally threatens a student, but then goes further and grabs her and shakes her, holds her and scares her, that is a claim that you don't want to go forward. And by the way, the judge acknowledged that the teacher had reviewed the content of these monologues. Yes, absolutely. She had read, the teacher had read the content of the monologues and she had approved it. So she approved, um, you know, this explicit language to go through and have a student be forced to read it. Yeah, so that's where that is. We'll have more information on it next yeah. week. We've got, our team has been is out there right now, by the yeah. way, in Nevada, um, meeting with the client. 
it's going to the war the battle on this now really begins they were trying to get the whole thing thrown out yeah and which, i thought it was interesting which too, on the first complaint they did that the, we came in amended the complaint and we succeeded. said i mean there was no pedological uh reason why this needed to go forward words, no, this should not have been in a classroom this is not, this is not educational judge anyway. was appointed by barack obama yes so this is not again. This is not some you know, conservative judge leading with a conservative issue involving you know what's going on in the classroom. And again, this student before uh, the, after the verbal assault asked the school specifically said, "Do not put me in the room with this teacher one on one." And they did. And that's when the assault and battery that she alleges occurred. And that alleging of assault and battery now moves forward into court. Which, as you said, Dad, uh, that that that's when school districts. You know, when it's not just it's speech plus assault and battery, so it uh, changes everything. It does. So, we've but got- this is work that this is the kind of core work the ACLJ is doing now, because when you're protecting students at the schools, and these are you know these are under eighteen at, at some of these uh, schools in the high school setting, uh, you're not just talking about now uh, their speech, but the speech they're forced to compelled to give, which could be. Uh, so damaging to them that it's uh, that that is a harm to them. This compelled speech, and and also the way that they are attacked by faculty on these school campuses. It's not a college campus; it's a high school campus. Yeah. So, anyways, the case goes forward. It's going to be a major hearing, major trial. A lot of discovery is going to have to take place. Our team is out there right now. So, I just want to give everybody an update. We'll have more on it next week. It's a long opinion. Very pleased with the outcome. Let's go ahead and take join some of these other calls that were coming in uh, on some of the other matters we're talking about. Sure. Let's go to uh, Ryan first in Maine on line one. Hey, Ryan. Hey, good morning, guys. Question. Uh, this mess in Georgia, you know, the, it, isn't it not just impropriety, but the appearance of impropriety? I mean, do they even need to prove that this started beforehand i mean you yeah, they do, created just they like- do need to prove that it started beforehand because that's where the impropriety comes in but you're right it's the appearance the standard the judicial standard is you have to avoid even the appearance of impropriety and boy i don't think they've they've avoided that here cc in my view and i think if you're watching it they almost have proved that it was inappropriate i mean that's the way they were reacting yeah absolutely the, yeah, the hearing was yesterday very, wasn't great. Bradley was very coy, but he did have one issue, which, again, the judge wouldn't let into evidence, but the judge is making the decision, and he heard it over and over. And this is a text message. It's one where they're playing, uh, uh, they're playing actually, t- Bradley, say, uh, oh, oh, gosh, or something like, oh, darn, because when he reads it, and it's a text message between him and the defense attorney before he was like a witness or hostile witness, and, and the text message basically says, you know, don't you think they should either have just dated or just hired him, but not both. And and he and then uh, and then he and then she said to him, "Do you think that they did? They were doing both of that before? You know, were they dating before she decided to hire him?" And he said, "Yes." And then he came back in the hearing and said, "Not sure." He was just speculating. Now this is a guy who was handling a divorce for, which again, you imagine some of these issues might come up in the divorce, um, and also was his law partner, a law partner who just brought in seven hundred thousand dollars to the firm. Pretty big, uh, pretty big. Uh, Here, here's the, that so let me tell you the swing. It wasn't in the allowed here. into evidence, but the jury, it's not a jury issue. The judge heard no. it over and over. And we talked about that appearance of impropriety, which yeah. I talked about on TV today too. That's different than, at, at this standard than like in a criminal case. Can I tell you where the swing in the miss was though in the hearing? Yeah. When he said, "I was speculating," all the mm-hmm. lawyers had to do was the next question was say, "What was the basis upon which?" You drew that speculation yeah. and conclusion. Yeah. 
and they never did. Yeah, inexplicable to me, but I'm not the lawyer doing it. So I, you know, I, what can I say? But that's the question you would have asked. What is the basis of your speculation? Was it your ops- observations? Was it communications? Was it chatter and talk in the office? What was it? Right. That's what you want right. to know. That's why but I you still know what? all these lawyers were on the payroll of Fawny Willis. Including this guy's firm. Yes. Because he was Wade's partner. Yes. And so, so it does, it, it, it reeks. It reeks, but there's they a need lot to of, throw that whole thing out. There's a lot of politics at play. I think the right thing would be to do is she's gone. Feel the DA's the office is gone. election like in two weeks. Yeah, the DA's gone, and um, this case should be done. But I don't know that that's going to be the case. I'm not confident yet of that. No, uh, certainly not confident after yesterday, but there we'll will be the closing arguments Friday. Yeah, there's going to be more arguments to it, and, and, then, and, and probably a decision next week. Yeah, so this took almost this took a month uh, to get to this point. We'll be right back. Second half hour coming up. Become an ACLJ champion. ACLJ.org/champion. Find out about it. Be at the tip of the spear of the work that we do. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms. Defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. 